Welcome in to the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Thomas Miller back here on a Sunday release today. I have heard the comments. You guys are still enjoying these Sunday spiritually focused episodes that we've been doing. Seems to fit the times, doesn't it? And we have one today that you ever notice when something shows up in your life, then that theme just repeats itself. It keeps showing up in other places. Well, I had that happen late this past week with the theme of authenticity. We talked about this last week of basically the focus on our spiritual path. Are we being authentic? I mean, do we really know inside that we are on this spiritual journey for the right reasons? And that was the focus. Well, it broadens out today. Let's talk about just our whole life in general. This was spawned by a video that I saw scrolling through TikTok. I traced it back and found that its origination was a TED Talk back in July 2022, at least released online July of 2022, by a guy by the name of Gary Brecka. I wasn't aware of him, but some of you might be. He mentioned this one particular study that I'm going to elaborate on later. Just hold this. This is the setup, and then we'll come back to it, okay? But there was this study that was supposedly done that could measure human emotional output. And according to Gary Brecka, this study concluded that the emotion of authenticity was valued more than the emotion of love. Now, we're not going to debate that point. You're going to see. I'm going to call that into question here. But let's go through this journey of authenticity because it it got me looking at it. We'll come back to Gary and his TED Talk in a few minutes. But let's just focus for a second, because certainly, whether it's number one or number two or number seven, it doesn't matter. Authenticity is still important, isn't it? Now, I don't bring astrology over here too much. We have a whole podcast dedicated to that. But I do have in my own chart something that is a signature of authenticity, one side of the coin or the other. The sun, on the evening that I was born is in an exact line in the sky with Neptune and with Mars. And for any of you who crack open anything related to astrology, know that you usually do it to try to figure your own self out, right? And that's why I did. It's been a 15-year journey to understand that right there, that the Sun and Neptune and Mars were all in alignment when I was born. And what does that mean? Well, as you know, at least from if you don't know anything about astrology, you know that these planets and their placements and everything represent various areas of our lives. And for each symbolism, there's a positive side and a negative side. Steve Forrest said it best. You (laughs) hold up a coin. And if you're going to talk about this, you have to cover both sides. Don't just camp out in one. But with Neptune, one of the shadow sides of that representation is lies, deception, illusion, delusion, misty, fog, vagary. The illusion of magic would be a good thing. Watch over here while over here I'm switching something out. Trickery. Or paint the full picture. Bold-faced lies. So I started to understand this symbolism of the day that I was born. And I started to analyze and realized that this was an issue in my life. And this was part of my year in the RV that was represented in episode number 21 way back in 2009. Part of that analysis was 
that I would do anything, especially growing up, to keep the peace and to avoid conflict with my mother. And I mean, this is my little story, but this is, you'll find something in here that you go, oh gosh, yes. And see, back to the sky, this is why I love this stuff. My moon represents my emotions, and it's in the sign of Libra, which means I don't want conflict. I want balance. Conflict upsets me. So, from the very motivation of how I'm wired, I would look at a situation and I would see, especially related to my mom, and that's where it originated, and then it just got applied out. What I would look at is, what is going to upset her? And I knew what her punch points were. Versus what happened? What would I have to tell her if I were telling her the truth? Is that going to punch the button? If that was going to punch the button then what I would do is analyze the value of the situation that I would be misrepresenting in order to keep the peace. So in other words, if it was like, did you put the lawnmower away? Well, how big of a deal really is that? I mean, I could say yes, and then I could run out there and push the lawnmower back in the, you know, it's like you could, co- you could rather than face the, I told you to do that 30 minutes, that, 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 right? It's like in the moment you deflect and then you can fix it, right? And it's okay, let me get that square. But you don't tell the truth in that moment to avoid that moment of conflict. So the avoidance of conflict is bigger than whatever the situation is. That certainly is probably not a life or death situation that, you know, it's like, okay, that doesn't make that much difference. So I would minimize the situation and the truth within it in order to save face. Well, growing up, then I realized if that worked for mom, it would work in other places. So make it look the way it needs to look in order to walk away peacefully. Well, some years ago, somebody pointed that out, how it showed up for them. Just called me out on it. And by then, I was more interested in my spiritual life. So finally, through that person being bold enough and caring enough to let me know how it showed up for them, I finally started staring right at it. That was also the time that I started ramping up my study of astrology and understanding that dynamic of the sun and Neptune. Well, fast forward even now and working with Robert Glasscock over the last year and about a half, who has the same position. His son and Neptune are not right on top of each other, but they're close enough that now I, because we have side conversations, I really understand the full-on dynamic that is represented by the propensity of just tipping into illusion for the sake of peace is not a bad trade in my wiring diagram. So then I just shifted, you know me, find the opposite. Well, what's the opposite? Blurt out the truth about anything, whatever it is, and let the chips fall. And fortunately, I don't have that much conflict in my life now. Those years are hopefully behind me. But then continuing to study and learn about this and just observing, you just see it everywhere in our culture. Lies are blatant, and they are worse than ever now. I see it a lot in the service industry, let's say retail, food, etc., where people will just tell you anything. And then probably they laugh about the fact that they just told you something that was so far outlandish. It's like, yeah, oh well. But you see it. You know it. Governments lie. And the thing about that is, this is such a paradox to me. These people lie, and we applaud them. You know what I have in my mind is... You worked for a company, right? And they had an HR department or you had a manager in the HR department and 
you know that if you didn't do what they expected you to do, then you would be called into one of those two or both offices. And the buzzwords now in corporate America are counseling. You know, you'll get counseling and you'll get reprimands and then final warnings. And then if you keep going, you get evicted. Well, we applaud these people. We cheer them on and they're lying and they are corrupt as they can be. And what that says to me is that we are willing to tolerate this lying and be lied to because we get what we put out. So the bottom line of that is, culturally, lies are okay. But after that friend pointed this out, I just thought, okay, the buck stops here now with me. Even if I have to take a pause, or even if I have to set it up with, well, look, you, this might upset you, but dot, dot, dot. Don't get mad at me, but here's what happened, you know, and then just put it out there. Last week, we talked about being faithful on our spiritual path, about operating from pure motives. This is the business of looking squarely at authenticity across all areas of our lives. I love what Landmark did when I went to the Landmark classes, and they don't, I guess they don't do them anymore in person. Now it's all online, which to me would be incredibly watered down. But one, and, and here's a reason why. Because one of the things that you would agree to when you were taking the class is to follow the what they set out as the prototype for how they want the course to work. You agree to, yes, I will follow and agree to the, you know, they call it rules, I guess. And one of those was that when a session, when you take a break, whether it's just a quick little coffee bathroom break or it's a lunch break, that you will be back in your place ready to go at the appointed time of the next session. So if you dismissed at noon and were to be back at 1.30 after lunch, you were to be back at 1.30, not 1.32. I don't know that I ever did a course that there weren't people that came back, especially from those meal breaks, late. What they were trying to get across is that we don't honor what we say we will do. So what they were setting up was that you had to work things around so that you could be back in time. And the deal was, if you weren't back in time, or let's say you're caught in traffic, you just had to call and reset the deal. Hey, we're caught in traffic, 20 minutes extra. Okay, great, thank you. Well, see, that reset the expectation, or at least the delivery of your word. Something happened, life happened. But think about this. Think about it this way, related to when we try to bend things around a little bit. You guys know that I've learned so much from observing and following Fred Dodson and narrating the audiobooks and everything. But one of the greater non-Fred lessons that I learned came from Steve Forrest, narrating those audiobooks for him about astrology, where he said that here is your path reflected on that chart. And then as you take off into life, Life itself, the plan itself, will create synchronicities to guide us along our path for our highest good, for our highest timeline. So these are built-in areas of opportunity, conflict, synchronicity to guide us on our way. Well, if we stretch the truth or if we lie to get around it to avoid the conflict or being found out or whatever then we just manipulated our way right out of a good lesson, out of a good synchronicity. Wow! So the intention was, let the chips fall, and then the lesson is in the reaction. 
or the fallout, whatever happens. But it's like, wait a minute, I'm standing in the truth. I'm standing in my truth, the truth of this situation. I'm sorry that you don't like that, or I'm sorry that that offends you, or that that makes you angry. And then there is the opportunity to grow. And maybe that person wasn't the person you thought they were, and you don't want to be involved with them anymore, and this just flushed it out. Oh, thank you, universe, but if you tiptoed around it, you're going to get more of the same and drag the lesson out and perhaps get hurt in the process. That's a really cool thought, that in the truth are these embedded lessons that we're supposed to learn from the fallout of just speak the truth and let it happen. Now, the one point that I did make was nobody likes somebody who just goes around firing off truth bombs right all the time. Sometimes the truth does hurt. And sometimes it is sensitive, and we have to be graceful and elegant and sympathetic in how we communicate it. The person who contacted me was by email, and it was not a scathing email. It was firm, but not scathing. I thanked this person and told them that I would take a look at it, and I did. I changed a lot, and it was a major pivot point. But now I feel free to say the way that I feel in a given situation or to state needs. If you're in a relationship, what do you need out of that relationship? And I get it. If you are, let's say, dependent on that person, as many people are often, that one is dependent on another for basic necessities, if you will. And yet needs are not being met. What do you do about that? Do you voice it or do you stuff it? This is absolutely where connecting with the voice that we talk about so much on here, that's a situation where it would be so important to have that portal open because there is no blanket answer for such a situation. You're reliant on a job, and yet you know the company is dishonest. What do you do? These are things that have to be worked out with you and your soul. In fact, looking outside of that construct, you and your soul, your highest self, is probably walking on some dangerous ground because what somebody's opinion is about your situation in that kind of a deal, which we all have faced, we've all been there, that's difficult. You can apply general principles of wisdom, but the ultimate answer needs to come from within. This is like go to the book of Psalms we talk about here on Sunday morning. That's David pouring his heart out when he was being chased all over the country there, being pursued, fleeing for his life, and crying out to God for help. And he got it. Now, remember the TED Talk? Let's come back to the TED Talk. So this was something that was posted, like I said, online. I found it dated July 2022. No telling when it was given. But Gary Brecka... I did just look enough to see that he works in the health arena and he's a big public speaker. I found a couple of undergraduate degrees in biology and that he is a biohack or works in biohack, whatever that is. Then I was curious to know more about this study because it sounded to me like levels of energy. So here is somebody who is on a big national stage saying that authenticity is a higher emotion than love. And that kind of goes against some things. So right there I was like, hmm, interesting. Even in the Bible, the greatest of these is love. So I did some digging on this. I found the TED Talk, and he says that this study, the SPANE study, S-P-A-N-E, which stands for Scale of Positive and Negative Experience, he said that they got 25,000 people together in a room and did this test on them. Hmm. Now, 
I looked up the top basketball arena seating capacities in the United States because I'm thinking, where do you put 25,000 people in a room? Now, he didn't say at the same time. Okay, granted, because the top four basketball arenas that hold 20,000 people, Chicago, Philly, Washington, D.C., and Detroit, would not be big enough, at least not for at one time. And then it was measured that these emotions that were coming out of the body, and this is where (laughs) reading the comments got a little silly on this one because they read what comes out of the body, and they were like, well, gas is... (laughs) I mean, be careful what you put out there. This is the this is the point. Be careful what you say, because this guy comes on there and says, yeah, we stuffed 25,000 people into a room and we measured what comes out of their body. Well, I mean, that's not the best setup by any means. But then you go look at the Spain study and what you can find about it is that it is a 12 question questionnaire. And it is highly scientific, so it's not something that they're going to just be measuring levels of energy kind of thing. Science can't quantify love or authenticity. And emotions like that are really, I think, generated from our chakra points in our body, from those areas, from our heart, from our head, from our sacral region, etc. So the point is, here is a guy who appears to be a public speaker who is giving information that cannot be at least easily substantiated. I mean, the Spain study is international. I found it in the United States, Germany, and China. You don't have to get 25,000 people together in a basketball arena to ask them 12 questions. And it was a very scientifically reported out study. Nothing about measuring the output of the body's energy. So look, I have no idea what Gary Brecka's agenda was or where he was getting his information. But the point is to be completely authentic in this situation where you are talking about authenticity. If you're citing a study, there should have been more substantiation of how we all could have found it and learned more about it. But instead, you start digging under the covers and you find out that it really doesn't look authentic at all. But again, I don't know his motivation or who he is. He could be a huckster or he could be a saint. I hope that he's doing good work in the world. And the thing, too, is watch what you read online because every, I would say about 90-something percent of the comments were just hook, line, and sinker, as though it was true. And that's the other thing that we could do a whole other episode on is how we filter inbound information through a truth filter. Oh, we should take that up. Note to self for future episode, right? How can we use our intuition and use our senses to prevent getting hoodwinked? And then what do you do about it? So in other words, you're back. now we're back full circle. Now you're in the store and the clerk lies to you about the product you're asking questions about. Just bold face. Like all you would have to do is check an Amazon review and you'd find out that what they were telling you was wrong. What do you do about that? Do you call them out right there? Probably not. But by not saying anything, the cycle will surely repeat, probably the next customer. But there's our open pipeline to intuition again, because a lot of times you'll just get an intuitive bump. Mm, This is wrong. Something's not right here. Something's not adding up. Or they just, they'll contradict themselves like this. Like this story that sounds good and it's interesting, it's compelling, it draws you in. But then when you start looking at it, at least how it was told doesn't add up. Or you ask the clerk the question, and the answer that comes back, you just get this reaction. You're like, "Mm, no. So you say thank you. 
you walk around the corner, you check the reviews from other websites, and you learn maybe you better go home and do a little more research before you buy this. And you might save yourself from making an expensive mistake. And boy, I'm just seeing that for those of us who want to play the A game and be on our highest timeline, this whole thing about just being completely open and authentic all the way through, including our spiritual practice and the motivations behind it, like we talked about last week, is big stuff. I have a lot going on in my personal life this week and next, so I'm going to go ahead and close this out. And if you could find some nice, soft music that you enjoy, even Ram Dass, I Am Loving Awareness, <laughs> would be great, because that's a truth kind of song, isn't it? I Am Loving Awareness. Wow, if I'm lovingly aware of everything in love, then I'm going to be truthful in love. And that's a good one. But you could find your own music and take a few minutes to spend some time thinking about this for yourself. Take a look at it. Where are you? Maybe even go into the bathroom or wherever you have a mirror and look right in your own eyes and see what you see coming back. And I wish you the very best on this part of the journey. You know, this is so great that a team is building of people that are just knocking the cover off the ball. And this is one of those areas. Why have it in your way? It's so easy to just make a decision. I'm going to speak the truth in love, and then I'm going to ride the synchronicities into my next lesson. And speaking of love, I love you, and I'm feeling really connected to you right now. So I hope this message helps, whether the main application is in your life or the life of a family member, perhaps a spouse, children, co-workers, family, etc. It's there somewhere. Thank you so much for listening today, and I'll see you next time on the Subconscious Mind Mastery Podcast. Enjoy the journey. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.